All right, this evening we're going to continue in our Basic Things series. If you will, take your Bible, turn with me to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And uh, if you know this psalm, if you've read it before, you know that it is a psalm of David. And after David had sinned with Bathsheba, and he was confronted by Nathan the prophet, David was sorrowful and repentant, and he wrote this song. But tonight, the, the title of the message is, The Consequences of Sin in the Life of Christians. The Consequences of Sin in the Life of Christians. And we're going to go through this psalm, and we're going to look at what David wrote, and we're going to find out the things that happened to a person who is saved, but sins, and has to deal with those consequences. Why, why is it so important for us to be sinless or seek to be sinless like we were talking about this morning? It's because of these things. Now understanding that David was the king of Israel and he could do anything that he wanted to do because he was king. But he still had to answer to Almighty God. Now, David had wives and yet he went outside of his marriage and took a young lady that was not his wife. And being found out, uh, he orchestrated some things and caused some things to happen to where he could take this young lady as his wife. And she was pregnant. She was going to have the baby. And after the baby uh, died upon birth, David was sorrowful and he was confronted by Nathan the prophet. Well, actually, before that, uh, the, the birth of the child. But he wrote this psalm. We're going to begin with verse 1, and then we're going to be looking at the following verses as we seek out those things that uh, are consequences, what sin does to the Christian. So let's read verse 1 together. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Blot out, wipe away, cleanse my transgressions. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Father, we know how important it is to heed your word, not just to hear it, but to take it to heart. So, Father, as we read these words from this psalm this evening, I pray that you will generate within us the hatred for sin that we need to have so that we will avoid the darkness, that we will run to the light, that we will dwell with you there, seeking to be pleasing in your sight all the time. So, Lord, help us to turn away from the things that cause us to sin. So, Father, strengthen us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The consequences of sin in the life of a Christian, the first thing David calls out, he asks God to blot out his transgressions. But in verse 2, what we see is that sin dirties the soul. Sin dirties the soul. Listen to what David said. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He cried out to God and he asked God to cleanse him from his sin. You know, and it says over in the book of James that we are to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, not allowing sin to come in and change us because what it does is just like standing on the side of the ro a muddy road when a truck passes by and that truck comes through and he splashes water or mud everywhere and you look at your clothes and you've got 
spots all over you of mud. Whenever we sin, whenever we allow the world into our life, that's what happens to us. We are dirtied, and we have to come back to the Lord for a cleansing once again, asking Him to forgive us of our sins. David felt dirty. He felt unclean because he was. In the eyes of Almighty God, he was unclean. In the Old Testament passage of Scripture where it was talking about uh, Joshua, the high priest, uh, they're not the Joshua that, of the conquest, but another Joshua. He was the high priest, and he was standing before God, and, and he, it showed him, or the image was, that he was clothed with filthy rags. Now, standing before Almighty God, of course, does that to us. We realize all of our sin when we stand in the presence of holiness. And God, looking at him, Satan was accusing him and telling God of all the bad things that he had ever done, and you see, so Joshua was standing before God and wearing dirty rags. No matter how holy he tried to be, no matter how uh, high he was up in the priesthood or whatever it was, that didn't cleanse him. Sin dirties the soul. A sinning Christian will feel dirty and grimy. You know why people get out of church so much or so often and it's hard for people to come back to church? It's because they realize that they have sinned against God and it's hard. It's, it's a mindset of saying, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm dirty and I realize that I don't need to go to that clean place. The place where I don't need to go back before a holy and righteous God because I realize my sin has kept me from the presence of the Lord. But you see, what we need to realize is even though our sins dirty us, God wants to clean us. God wants us to come back to Him, repent of our sins, and be cleansed all over again. So, if you are a Christian, and if you don't feel clean before God, then you need to come back to Him. But if, if you don't feel unclean when you sin, then you need to ask yourself if you've been saved. If you are okay with sin in your life, if, it, if there's no conviction, if there's no hard feelings or no guilt, whenever you do things that are wrong, then you need to ask the Lord to save you because the Holy Spirit living within you after you are saved will tell you that you need uh, to be cleansed. It will hurt. It will, you will feel dirty after you sin. So first of all, sin dirties the soul. In verse 3, uh, David says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Sin dominates your mind. The sin that you allow into your life will dominate your mind. No matter what it is, what, whatever sin that you allow in, you will be thinking about it more than you want to think about it. You will be focusing on it a whole lot more than you are focusing on your relationship with God. You see, sin will dominate your mind. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit will not let you ignore the sin in your life. He's going to put a finger on it, and He's going to push it. You know how it is whenever you get a, a I call it a rock bruise, on the bottom of your foot, and, and every time you step on that spot, you can feel it. You're like, man, my foot hurts right there because something happened, and I've got a bruise there. It's just like that's what the Holy Spirit does whenever you are sinning, and, and the Holy Spirit will press that little button and say, see, it hurts. You're not supposed to do it. I told you not to do it. Here it is. You need to go and get cleansed. And he'll poke it every time you try to do it. Every, every, and he'll remind you that you need to go back and, 
and be clean. In your subconscious mind, sin can cause irritability. Hang on now. There's a lot of ill people sometimes. So if, if sin is in your life, you, you're not going to want anybody to bring it up. So people will, will get irritable and they will sometimes have the inability to concentrate. There will be some sleeplessness, but there will be definitely a lack of joy in the life of a Christian who is caught, who is tied up in sin. I've written this down there. There are two kinds of wounds to the human soul. There's sorrow and there's guilt. Think about that for a moment. What hurts the deepest is sorrow, loss, if you want to look at it like that, and guilt, something that you've done that you shouldn't have done. Sorrow is, is a clean wound that will heal. Guilt is an infected and festering wound that needs cleansing before it can heal. Sin will dominate you. You, you, may, you start out and say, well, you know, it's, there's a lot of different examples of this, but you can start out small and say, well, I've got control over it. But the more that you do it, the more it will control you. Sin is, is a slave master. Evil, Satan wants you serving him through your sin. Don't let it dominate you. That's verse 3. In verse 4, let's read that together. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Uh, David says there, against you, you only have I sinned. You see, sin in the life of a Christian disgraces the Lord. We talk about this on Wednesday night with the kids whenever we talk about keeping the name of the Lord holy. And I tell them that we are called Christians and we bear the name of Christ. So when we are a Christian and bear the name of Christ, however we behave in the world is a testimony to the world of who Christ is. If we claim to be a Christian, we need to act like one, behave like one. We don't need to be sinning like somebody who is not a Christian and therefore giving a bad testimony and bringing reproach upon the name of the Lord. Sin disgraces the Lord. Uh, David, here, who did he sin against? He says, he says, I've sinned against you, God. He did. He sinned against God, but he sinned against his wives because he had more than one. He had at least three at that point. And then, he, of course, he took this young lady as his wife. He sinned against his own body because the, the Scripture tells us that sexual sins are the worst kind. And then he sinned against his children that he already had, his whole family that he had, and he sinned against the nation of Israel. It wasn't just God that he sinned against. He, he was sinned against everything. He sinned against Bathsheba's body and her husband and her family. Think about that. Most of the time we look at sin and say, it doesn't, it, it doesn't affect anybody but me. But yes, it does. It affects everybody around you, your relationship with God, and everything else. Sin disgraces God. David knew that he had sinned against God Almighty, so he confessed to God Almighty and asked Him to cleanse him. Now, reading on uh, down through verse 5, and we're going all the way to verse 8 this time. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. He was basically saying, I was born 
unworthy. I was born into a sinful nature. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. God sees who we truly are. We can pretend to be something else in the world, but God knows who we are. David cried out, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Listen, as he said there, make me hear joy and gladness. What sin does is depress your heart. It dirties the soul, it dominates the mind, it disgraces the Lord, and it also depresses the heart. David was joyless. Now think about that for a moment. David had, he was the king. Anything he wanted, he could have. And he knew the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord, but he wasn't, he wasn't joyful about it. It was just basically uh, perfunctory. It was something that he just did. It's something that he just went through mechanically. He didn't have the joy because sin had robbed him of it. He was depressed in that. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, this is what it says, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth is filled with gravel. Psalm 51, verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You see, David had lost his joy, the joy of the Lord. He hadn't lost his salvation, he just lost his joy. He lost it because he allowed sin to come between him and God. Now, did you know that the most miserable person in the world is not a sinner, but a Christian who's out of fellowship with God? Think about that for just a moment. There are those out there who are, are fine in their sin, and yeah, they're, they're miserable, but they don't realize how miserable they are but there's people that are more miserable than those who are dying and going to hell. And that's a Christian out of fellowship with God. God's not going to leave you alone because He loves you. He wants you to be clean. He wants you to operate in holiness. He wants you to walk forward with Him. And so if you're not doing that, He's not going to leave you alone. He loves you that much. There's only one thing that can take the joy out of a Christian's life. And that's sin. Whenever sin enters into your life, it's going to rob you of the joy that God wants you to have. The old, it's going to rob you of being uh, the overcomer, having the mindset of being an overcomer and victorious because you have allowed sin to enter into your life and take that joy. The difference between joy and happiness. Some people, I've had people ask me before, they would be sinning and they said, well, uh, I, this makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. No, He doesn't. God don't want you to be happy, not with sin. He wants you to rejoice in the joy of the Lord, not to rejoice in your sin, because sin has its consequences, and it will lead you into a devil's hell. But what, it, what we have to focus on is, is happiness is just a fleeting emotion. Joy is a choice you make. Joy comes from the Lord. You choose it, and no matter what's going on, you can be joyful and sorrowful at the same time. You can sorrow joyfully, knowing that God is bringing about something wonderful in the midst of sorrow. 
because He is in charge and in control. Joy is constant no matter what happens, knowing that God loves you and has saved you. This message this evening has a second part. The next Sunday night that we will meet, we will continue seeing what sin does to the Christian. Remember tonight, sin dirties the soul, sin dominates the mind, sin disgraces the Lord, and sin depresses the heart. So I've got a question for you. Can a Christian sin? Yes, a Christian can sin. Can a Christian sin and not suffer? No. Remember, the most miserable person on earth is not an unsaved person, but a saved person out of fellowship with God because of sin. Don't let sin ruin your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, thank you for bringing to our attention the fact, Father, that you desire for us to live in holiness and in righteousness. Father, we can't accomplish that outside of the Holy Spirit living within us and without your glorification. But Father, tonight, help us to seek that holiness no matter what it costs. Help us to run from sin and run to you, the righteous one. Father, bring to our minds, every one of us, the unrighteousness that we live with daily and help us to cast it out to seek you in all things so that we can rejoice in the joy of our salvation in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.